So the way that each of us is showing up is completely represented in how we're breathing. So when I get a new client, the first thing I do is lay them down, have them lay flat, either in person or on video. And I just look at how they breathe and I can read that person like a book. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life, but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey, and that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer, and I am so very happy to be with you today and to bring you this conversation with Mary O'Dwyer, a certified transformational breath facilitator and the founder of Mary's Blue Door, where she shares all that she's learned about breathwork, Reiki, and other healing modalities. Mary and I had the best conversation, and I found it so very insightful, and I know that you will too. So let's jump right in. Mary O'Dwyer, welcome to Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. It's just an honor and a privilege. So, And I'm very excited about our conversation today. And I love the idea of introducing your podcast because for me, I've loved listening to what you have to share. And I'm very excited to share that with my followers, as well as to uh, share a little bit about what I do and the power of breath work with your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on because you're a little different from most of my guests, which I really like. And I want my listeners to hear this because most of my guests are either people that I know or people that I've met through various groups that I'm in. Or a lot of times it's bookers, people who book for other people who who will hear my show and think, oh, that's an alignment with this person that I'm repping. So that's how I find most of my guests, but you're different because you actually listened to the show and you reached out because you thought, hey, we'd have a good conversation together. And you thought you had something valuable to bring this audience. And I loved it when we connected. I think it was last week when we connected last week. Yeah, correct. I love that so much because we had such a great conversation and it made me so excited about having you on the show. So could you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you're doing right now? Oh, I'd love to. So I actually grew up in Cork, Ireland, learning to be precise. I think that's one of the reasons I love being interviewed and interviewing people and talking to people as I have a natural gift of the gab. I've <laughs> the Blarney Stone many times. Uh, so there's that. I came to the United States in 1995 to pursue an advanced higher degree. And it was a random fluky thing that happened. And I decided when I came to the States, I was coming for six months because I landed in Nebraska of all places. I'd never heard of it. I had to look it up in those days in the encyclopedia, the Britannica, 
And I remember kind of that sinking feeling like, where am I going? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but I went and it was January and it was listening who's from the Midwest, you know that football is a religion in Nebraska and it was football mania. And I just remember being like so overwhelmed and deer in headlights. Yeah. But of course, what I didn't know is that there was a plan for me in Nebraska. And two months after I arrived, I met a man that would eventually become my husband. And I spent four and a half years there in Nebraska, got my degree and decided I wanted to either move to the East Coast or the West Coast. And my husband and I, we've gotten married at that stage and we moved out here to California, which is beautiful. I love the weather. Mm. I have an aunt here. There are direct flights from Los Angeles to Dublin. So it's all good. And we started raising our family and our oldest son got diagnosed with autism just before his fourth birthday, which was very difficult for me. I was an overachieving scientist. I was working at the time. I also was the type of personality that everything was my fault. What did I do wrong? Mm. I was, there's, mm. there's some people out there that abdicate all responsibility. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, like me, everything is my fault. And I can remember my husband at one point saying to me, it's not all about you, Mary. And he didn't necessarily mean it at the time in the kindest way, but, but what a gift. It was a gift. And I got through that with my son and we got him the support he needed. And I began to see how the interventions we got for him within six weeks really made a huge impact. And then I started diving in a little bit more and deciding I have all of this science background. I can dive a little deeper. I can understand science documents that maybe the regular lay person can't and started to create a deeper understanding of all the contributing factors to his autism. I also decided at that point, being the overachiever that I am, that I wasn't gonna settle for what I was being told. I was being told that he would never live an independent life. I was basically told to lower my expectations greatly. Mm. And I decided instead of doing that, I was going to keep my expectations where they were and so far as envisioning him a full, normal life. And what I did was instead started giving him a lot of support. So I started looking into foods, how food was impacting him, how the products that we we're using in our home was impacting him. So this began my entry, my little toe into the world of alternative healthcare, because as a scientist, I didn't necessarily believe any of that stuff. You know, they were quacks and quacks and potions and lotions. Mm -hmm. But the researcher in me was intrigued by maybe trying out some of these experiments. And that was the way I got my son on board. Let's do these food experiments. Let's see what happens. And I began to see the power of it. And then I decided to create a business with that. And I called it Dr. Mario's Health and Fitness. I was really into fitness at the time. I had always eaten relatively clean. I grew up with a mom who was doing all the recycling and all the cooking from scratch before it was in vogue to do so. So I always kind of had that foundation. And so why in 2012, when my son was doing great, I have this great husband, we have no health problems, we have no money problems. I have this business that I'm able to work part-time so that I'm still fully available for my children on the weekends and after school. What the F is wrong with me? that I was still feeling empty and unfulfilled. And I can remember having a conversation with my mom 
and just saying to her, like, is this it? Like, oh. is this my life? And just not seeing a way out of this going through the motions and feeling like I didn't have permission to complain about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I had I had everything the world told me I should have. Mm-hmm. I have a great education. Tick. I have a part-time job. Tick. No money worries. No health worries. Great husband. Two great kids. And yet I was feeling this, this, like just this blah. And I was shared it with a friend one morning and she, as she listened to what I was saying, she responded and said, Mary, I think you're spiritually disconnected. Mm. And I honestly looked at her like I was bug eyed. I'm like, I'm here looking for support and complaining about my husband and my children, my life. And you're telling me I'm spiritually disconnected. How could that be? (laughs) Right. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. What does that mean? Exactly. And at the time I was a practicing Catholic. I was like, I go to mass every Sunday. I do grace (laughs) before meals. I do, you know, the nighttime prayers. I did all of the things. More, more ticking of the boxes, right? I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm ticking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was ticking the boxes, but my heart wasn't engaged. Mm. And I remember a time after that, having a meditation and realizing all of the things that I was ticking the boxes that I'd never really examined. Like even as simple as, you know, the prayers that you say in mass or any prayer that you say anywhere, I believe in X, Y, or Z. Well, do I, Mm. do I, have I ever questioned that or have I just taken that belief from my parents because I trust them and they love me and they're doing the best they can. Do I really believe that money doesn't grow on trees? Have I ever examined that belief? Have I ever examined the belief uh, that, you know, a parent needs to be at home full time? Have I ever actually questioned that? Have And there was all of these beliefs that I had that I began to question. And mm-hmm. not in a dismissing everything, but really in an examination. Mm-hmm. And the universe always answers when these things come up. And as I reflected on what my friend had said and that I was virtually disconnected, and as I started questioning all of these things in my life, doors started to open and a friend sent me to a Reiki person And I was a little, "Mm," you know, I did Reiki before and it was kind of weird and I didn't get anything out of it. But because my friend was also a scientist and I really trusted her, I was like, okay, well, I'll try this other person. This other person was just delightful. The first thing I saw when I walked up to her door was a statue of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. So at the time I was still very much my Catholic box. And so that was very reassuring. And this woman reassured me that she had that same foundation. And then I discovered essential oils and I discovered... Uh, another energy healing called Simply Align, which works with our limiting beliefs and helps us to identify those and clear those. And I discovered something called transformational breath. And all of the things that I had done before that led up to transformational breath. And by the time I got there and I had this, my first session, I was ripe for the picking, so to speak. I was ripe to be just blown wide open. And I became that person that just fell in love with transformational breath, fell in love with the insights I got from it, the the feeling I left with in that moment, but also how I was able to bring the insights and the downloads I received in my session into my real life. The practical science person in me was really attracted to the fact that it healed physically mentally, emotionally, 
and spiritually, and that the foundation of the the breath work and how that process occurs and how the healing can occurs is founded in science. It's founded in the laws of physics, entrainment. We're working with the diaphragm, the respiratory system, which I know as a singer, you're very aware of how, how our breathing is really physiologically really important and how we breathe is going to affect and impact something as physical as your voice and how far you can project it just on a purely physical level it has a huge impact on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your your in-breath dictates how good your out-breath will be. And then your out-breath dictates how good your in-breath will be. It's a very circular pattern, but it's so important because it's underlying everything for a singer, certainly. And your voice gives a lot away. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a speech pathologist the other night because I've, I'm struggling with a little bit of a waiver in my voice right now. And she was saying, oh my gosh, Becky, it's not a surprise that you are, you're experiencing that in your singing voice right now, because the year that I have had this past year that I have had has been very challenging, but also extremely transformational in really good ways and very expansive ways. And she said, the way that you used to hold the breath, the way that you used to hold the tension in your muscles, it's all starting to shift because you're releasing stuff, you're letting shit go. And so literally your physiology is changing. And so therefore your methodology for how you're singing needs to change as well, because now you've got to come up with a different and better support system for supporting that note to come out and to hold steady without getting that waiver. And it made me feel so good when she said that, because I had kind of been suspecting it. You know, I've been hearing it in my voice for the last several months, just kind of noticing here and there. I don't know that anyone else would notice it, but as a, as a singer, you're hypercritical to your own voice. Uh, but I have noticed it. And I know my, my vocal coach has said, well, work with these breath exercises. I think that's what's going to do it. And I just thought, you know, I wonder if it's not just more, if it's not getting deeper into the psychological, spiritual, physiological, it's all so connected. It's so very, very connected. So I'm hearing what you're saying. And I can't wait to learn more about this transformational breath practice because I had never heard of it before you reached out. So I want to learn more about that. But before we move into that, I just want to touch really quickly on what your friend said to you about being spiritually disconnected. Because I think that that's such a... I think that's such an important piece of this for most people who are listening to this show, because I think the way that you set it up, and this is why I loved that you reached out. And one of the things you said when you reached out was, you know, I'm just an everyday person. I'm just, you know, an everyday mom living her life and doing her things. And this happened to me. And I think so many people listening feel the exact same way. I'm an everyday person. You know, I'm not doing something extraordinarily large or on this huge, massive scale where lots of people see me and see what I do. And I have a nice life and I have a great spouse or I have a wonderful house. I have good kids. I have lots to be grateful for. And I am. And yet there's something gnawing at me. There's something either missing or there's something pulling me or there's something pushing me. And I don't know what it is. And it can be so hard to talk about just to even bring up. And I I think it's interesting that your friend could put her finger on it so accurately. And when she said you're spiritually disconnected, when she said that to you, what did you think or what did you do? Because that can also be very frightening when you're practicing and when you are practicing in any religion or any faith tradition to think, 
well, wait, what do you mean? I'm spiritually disconnected. I, I have a faith tradition. So how did that land with you? And how did you start to move your way through that? So honestly, you know, and, and I've told my friend this subsequently, and unfortunately she has passed on, uh, mm. she passed on, uh, she was a beautiful, beautiful soul. And at the time we had that conversation, it was probably five years before she passed. So I always think as somebody enters the last chapter of their life, they are more connected to spirit, yeah, yeah. uh, than, than you would be if you weren't nearing that phase of your life. And honestly, all truth. I was like, I've been in California too long, the land of fruits and nuts. <laughs> I kind of giggled inside, right? <laughs> and only that I that I loved this person so much, I probably would have totally dismissed her her voice. And later that day, she was a really, really sweet soul. We, we were neighbors. She lived two or three doors down from me, and I would all take care of her pets when she was traveling, and she would do the same for me. I came to my front door that afternoon, and she had dropped up some books. Um, meditation for beginners and spirituality for dummies, that type of thing. Very, very basic. And in to be respectful of her, I decided I would open the books. And, and I think now when I look back, I can say that it was a soul nudge that she, she was a messenger. And there was a part of me that knew that what she had shared was truthful, even though cognitively I wasn't on board but there was a part of me. And so inch by inch, I let her thought that comment that she, that she shared with me to infiltrate and to resonate with me. And I began to see that I was using a lot of things in my life on my external being in order to feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. So I was, I, I was into all sorts of fitness. I did fitness competitions. I did triathlons. I did fun races. I was always moving towards what's the next goal. I was very goal orientated and I always had to have something to work towards, which is great. I was highly competitive. Wasn't necessarily naturally fantastically athletic, but I was, I had that competitive competition in me. I was very mindful about what I was eating to a fault because I actually didn't have a super healthy relationship. I remember at the time forming for fun, this beer runners group, which was fun. We would go run and have some beers, but I had the mentality of, I need to run three miles before I can have a beer. Mm. Or conversely, if I want to have a beer or a cookie or whatever, I need to run, I need to burn it off. And so there was this unhealthy exchange going on in every area. Everything was tit for tat. And I began to see that all of those things, I was controlling those things externally. And I laugh in retrospect and I go, and of course, God had to give me a, a child with autism where I could mm. get really good at controlling the environment, right? Yeah. <laughs> because he needed so much of that. And it taught me that that uber control, while there's a place for structure and while there's a, a place for good, healthy guidelines, it doesn't need to become absolute. And so in 2012 or so, I really made the decision to step back from competing and to start to just start to enjoy the, the process and to complete. And it literally started with me going out for a run and not bringing my watch that would time me because I was the person like, oh, I'm a slower today than yesterday. What did I do? What did I eat? What did I, you know, do wrong? Did I eat too much sugar? Did I drink that beer? Did I? 
And it was like that inner critic was just raging, raging, raging. Yeah. And I was using her as a way to stay in line, to stay healthy. But I was using a very toxic mode to stay there. Yeah. And what I discovered as I delved into reconnecting with myself spiritually, which breath work helps you do because breathing is respiration, respiritization, connecting with spirit, your spirit, Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, I like that one. I like that one. Say that one more time. That was really good. Respiration, respiritization. And the Latin, and this comes from the Latin, the Latin, and and I'm not a Latin student, but I know that the Latin word for breathe I believe is respire or something similar to that. And it's a derivation of the word spirit. And even in Christian teachings, you know, God is the breath of life, mm-hmm. the breath of life. And so there's that wisdom, every religious spiritual path will talk about breath work and connecting to your breath as a way of connecting. And I began, as I delved more into that, really starting to see where I could soften my edges, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Cause I still eat really healthy. Uh, I still exercise regularly. I just now, I have an Apple watch now, so it automatically times me, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, look at that. I felt really good today. I felt like I was a gazelle and my pace was 11 minutes. <laughs> and now I laugh cause it's, it's more about, well, how did I feel? Or like right. this morning I went up for a run and my legs, my legs felt really heavy. And I'm like, I wonder why does it feel so heavy? And then I'm like, oh, well, it's because it's rained all night. The air is heavy. So I'm feeling that in my body. So yeah. now it's more of a curiosity than a critic. Yeah. And it's also more of an attunement. You know, you're more attuned now to what's going on around you, to nature, to how your body is feeling and responding to that versus having your head tell you, Oh, Mary, guess what? You didn't run enough to eat that cookie. You know, it's a completely different uh, orientation to being because, and I think it connects us much more with the world around us, with people around us, with nature, with our spirit, with all kinds of things. When we really follow a more intuitive path towards eating, still eating healthy, of course, because our bodies we, we are embodying, we're here to embody, we're here to do things through our body. So taking care of your body is important. We want it to go as long as it possibly can, but it's important to honor, I think, kind of what's coming in. And for me, at least there's a lot of surrender in that piece of letting go of that control yeah. and just surrendering to, okay, this morning, you know, yesterday morning, I got up to do my regular routine. I would usually run and lift weights. And I was like, you know what? this is not happening this morning. And it's probably the same reason that was heavy. It was raining here. It was cold. It was outside. And I just said, you know what? I just want to, I'm going to just do yoga. And I just turned on some music and just did yoga. And I felt so good when it was finished. And I was happy that I had kind of honored what I had felt to do instead of what I was telling myself I should do that morning. Yeah. And it, it opens up a whole new sense of freedom. And that's essentially what we all want. We are We're given free will. We are all born with free will. And yet we take that away from ourselves and we allow others to take that away from us. We allow the voices of others. We allow the voices of society. We allow the voice of that inner critic that shoulda, coulda, woulda. Mm -hmm. Rather than like you said, what do I feel like doing today? 
And today is a day I may not fit in my yoga today. That's okay. I love to do yoga most days. It's okay. My body is still going to be completely healthy if I don't do yoga today. Right. Because I'm going to do something else. I'm going to move. I went for my run. I'm going to do as long as we can move and just be so much more gentle with ourselves. And one of the beautiful aspects about the journey that I've been on is that by working with how you breathe, you can actually start to change how things are coming up in your life. So much like you described with your throat, your teacher saying, hey, your physiology is different. The way that you're holding, the tension that you're holding in your muscles, you're letting go of some, you might be using other muscles now differently. It's going to show up differently. So the way that each of us is showing up is completely represented in how we're breathing. So when I get a new client, the first thing I do is lay them down, have them lay flat, either in person or on video. And I just look at how they breathe. And I can read that person like a book. Wow. I can tell. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, we can tell if you have great boundaries. We can tell if you are very guarded and maybe a little reserved in your heart. I can tell whether you're a super achiever. I can tell whether you're a doer like that person that's like super reliable and super solid. Um, if you're, you know, a little flaky, maybe a little flighty. And we can show that in the breath pattern. Really? Uh, yeah. Give me just a quick example of how would you see if someone laid down, what would you notice that would tell you that someone has like bad boundaries? So typically for somebody who has bad boundaries, they usually are super open-hearted. Like they are the givers of the world. They are the people that would give you the shirt off their back. Mm -hmm. However, they're not very grounded in their body. So the way that shows up in their breath pattern is when they lay flat, they are able to have lots of movement in their mid and upper respiratory area. So their chest will fill up, but not their belly because they're not engaging their diaphragm. And so they're not fully grounding with that breath into their body. So it may be that something happened when they were very young, something very scary happened. And that could be like a trauma, like an abuse, or it could be something like they got lost in the store and were without their parent for a minute and that could be terrifying so something like that can happen as a child and then it might not feel safe to be in our body it might not feel safe to be on planet earth mm. and so we'll start to hold our breath when those things happen because we learn when we're little kids if we don't want to feel something all we have to do is hold our breath and that'll pause the flow of that emotion so that we can gather ourselves. So it's a survival mechanism. Huh. And so, yeah. And so we all hold differently. So it's kind of fun for your listeners. Just maybe think of a moment when you get a big fright. Let's say you're driving down the freeway and somebody almost cuts you off. Like, hold your breath. Like, what happens for you? Like, I tend to clench right in the middle around the lower part of my rib cage, like that mid area. That's where I clench, like right at the top of the abdomen. Other people, it's more up in the upper chest. Yeah, I was going to say mine's more, mine's more in my chest. As you're saying that, I was like, for sure. Where do I feel that if that happens? It's right in my chest. Yeah. And some people, it's going to be low in the belly. They're going to like literally suck their gut in. <sighs> and so that's how these breathing patterns then become developed because we do that over and over and over again. So then we start to literally tighten up those respiratory muscles. And over time, as we do that, they become, those muscle fibers get shorter and shorter and shorter and less and less flexible. So even when we try to take a deep, full breath, 
we're not going to be able to get the full capacity of our lungs because that rib cage and those muscles just don't have the same expansion. And we will start to see some areas just get restrictions or completely close down. Oh my gosh. This is so insightful because I will tell you why, <laughs> because when I started doing yoga, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now, 10, 15 years ago now, this was before I, I went back to singing again. I remember when we were, they would have you take, you know, take the deepest breath you can and let it flow all the way down into your belly and the whole thing, like fill it up like a pitcher. And you had to do the counts, you know, the five count in or the eight count in or whatever. And I remember when I first started, I was like, what in the world is this person talking about? Like, get it down into my belly. And then beyond that, I couldn't do the count. My counts were so much shorter. So I'm kind of laughing because, you know, I think I could tend to be a person with a little bit of a control kind of <laughs> issue. <laughs> you know, like you just want everything to be just how you want it to be and a little particular. So you're, I'm just laughing because I'm like, you probably could tell when I said I felt it in my chest, you know, that, yeah, that's a control thing. And then when I was working yeah. on uh, aligning my chakras this past year with my vocal coach, when I got to the third one, the solar plexus, I was having a real hard time there. And I had to do physical exercises like on a ball to start to break up the, the fibers in the, in the connective yeah. tissues in there. Cause she said, she was like, it's just, that's what your body does. It's tightened up around there and you have to learn to kind of open that up. So this is so yeah. fascinating. I love this so much. Keep going, keep going. So yeah, that's exactly what we do to, to then reverse those patterns because as insightful as it is to find out, oh, I'm a control freak or I have no boundaries or I give it all away or I play small or I'm a perfectionist that might not be working for you anymore. You may kind of realize, you know what, given all the time, it's draining me and I'm starting to get really resentful of all these people that are asking for my help, but I don't know how to say no. The beautiful thing is by working with your breath, we get in there and we can release those tight spots. So your therapist had to do it on a ball, which is awesome. You can do it a lot faster if you do uh, effective, connected, conscious breath work, true transformational breath. Because what we do is we get in there with our hands and we get in there and like find those tight spots and we're breathing in a very specific way that raises the vibration in your body. And when we raise the vibration in the body, it creates this really high frequency. And when we have this high frequency in the body, it's really hard for these emotions that we have been holding on to that generally are, are of a lower density, a lower frequency, those old fears, doubts, worries, loneliness, grief, all of those things, they can't coexist in this plane of high vibration. And because we're working with the breath and bring it in, 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 that frequency can't lower. But the laws of physics say that these two, the high and the low can't coexist. So the only thing that can happen is for these lower energies to start to rise up to meet this high vibration, this high frequency that we're creating in the body. And so then those knots get to release those emotions that they've been holding on to. And you may get to experience those emotions and learn to breathe through them. So in the moment, it's really good to work through that emotion and trust that by breathing through it or gently using your voice to move that emotion, you can move it very quickly and effectively and clear some dramas and traumas from when you were a kid that you have no recollection of. Maybe there's some negative programming or limiting beliefs that are running with that 
emotional wound that you're holding on to. So we get to release all of that. And then in real life, because that opening has happened, you may have more access to using your diaphragm in everyday life so that every breath you're taking is deeper and fuller. And you're starting to build that trust that when I feel an uncomfortable emotion, all I need to do is breathe through it. Yeah. So it's kind of like going to the gym, exercising that bicep muscle, except now it's that diaphragm so that in real life, we're not continuing to accumulate these wounds and traumas. We're not continuing to hold our breath and to suppress or repress some of these uncomfortable things that we're experiencing so that you can really start to create the life that you want and have the full life and be able to have those present moment experiences when you can address, okay, this is really uncomfortable. And the old part of me wants to lash out and control that other person and tell them to stop, right? I'm recovering control freak here too. Uh, so I was really good at like, you just need to like X, Y, and Z rather than then respond and go, you know what? This is uncomfortable for me. Let me breathe through it. Why is that so uncomfortable? What's that bringing up for me? What is that in my programming or my belief system that is triggering that response where I want to smack that person or control <laughs> them or whatever it is I want to do, mm -hmm. which I don't do and I don't recommend. But, you know, we all have these little urges right inside. And then to be able to respond to these situations and literally just, just let them go and let it, I may not like the situation. I may not want to have more of it in my life. I may not want to be around that person a whole lot, but it no longer is the same charge, right? That rage inducing charge. It's more like, mm, I don't like that. So I'm going to step away and I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to whatever it is that I need to do to come back to my center and let send that person love and let them on their merry way yeah, yeah. <laughs> on their own path. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I'm hearing you say a lot of things that we say as just kind of coll colloquial, how do you say that colloquialisms in, in our regular speech about holding our breath, you know, don't hold your breath or hold your breath or, you know, there's that. And I think people don't think about that as holding, not taking a breath in it's taking it in, but holding it in a specific spot that it's not going yeah. deep enough. So it's, it's kind of like all these phrases that we have, they come from some measure of truth and certainly little kids. Yes. Little kids will hold their breath if they're having a temper tantrum, but there's also the holding where you're holding it in your body and you're not letting it process through enough so that you can totally, like you were saying, kind of de-escalate these emotions and bring the energy vibration up to a higher vibration so that you can move it along faster. And then you had also just said, what did you, you just said another one about the breath that made me, oh, take a deep breath. I'm going to go take a deep breath. How many times have we said that to our kids? I say it to my kids all the time. If they're, yeah. if they're really upset or really going on about something, I'll just say, you know what? Take a breath, take a breath and let's reapproach. And so there is just something innately intuitive that tells you, take a breath. You know, when you're breathing, you're telling your body, everything is okay. It's all right. Take a breath. It kind of calms everything down. So it's fascinating to me that we have these phrases that I think we use pretty commonly, but we don't actually truly know how to access the true power of those things. You know, holding the breath, what's that mean? And then take a deep breath. So I love that there's this, practice, this transformational breath practice that can help people do that. Who comes to see you 
like as a matter of course, like how would somebody know they need to see a transformational breath expert coach to get help in that area? So I work most often with people that are in one of two categories. And so the first category is that person that was kind of like me at the end of your rope, just overwhelmed, tired, fed up, don't really know where to turn for help. You know that something's wrong, but you don't really, you can't really put your finger on it. Um, and you're just, you're just worn out. You're worn out. You were at the end of your rope. So that's the first category of people that come see me. The second category of people that I help most often are those that are going through some kind of a crisis. Maybe they've just gone through a really unexpected life change. They've lost somebody. They've lost a job. They are new empty nesters. They have lost some part of themselves and they are, they are in crisis mode and they feel like their rug has been pulled out from under their feet. And so that's the root chakra. When we feel that, that's your root chakra. The first thing we're going to do when our root chakra is, is affected like that is we're going to go into survival mode. Uh, it's kind of like the world in 2020 when COVID happened. The rug was pulled out from under our feet and people went freaking berserk and bought toilet paper. Right. <laughs> Makes no logical sense. But that's what happens in survival is we do irrational stuff trying to create safety. I can control something. I can go buy toilet paper and know that I have a big stock of that and I'm not going to run out of toilet paper. It's not going to change anything in your world, but it's creating that illusion of safety. And so that's what we do in survival. And so people in survival do all sorts of weird self-sabotaging things. That's when we will overdrink, overeat, over shop, over you name it, over Netflix, mm -hmm. and to break out of that and come literally back into your body. Because often the first thing we're going to do is we are going to eject from our body. It does not feel safe to be in my body right now. It does not see, feel safe to be on planet Earth. I am going to find a way, we call them short-term emotionally relieving behaviors or STURBs. I am going to find a STURB, a way that I can create this illusion of safety or create this numbing effect so that I don't have to be in my body feeling what it is I'm feeling because we're not taught how to feel. No. You brought up the example of the kid throwing the temper tantrum. Like I think back and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I can do it over again, I would, I would parent my children a little differently. I know. I feel so many of us think that now. Yeah. We and do the we best we can. Differently. Yeah, yeah, we do the best we can. And it's part of my children's path and it's all great. But drawing a temper tantrum is a really healthy thing for a child to do because they get to feel their emotions. Now, as parents, we have to do boundaries of where and when and how best to fuel that energy. Like now I would give my child, my three-year-old a pillow and say, have at it. Right. Talk to the Scream pillow. in the pillow. In the mm -hmm. pillow. Punch the pillow. By the time I discovered this work, my boys were young teens and I bought a boxing bag and I bought boxing gloves. And when they were having a moment, when they were just, you know, angry teenagers, normal hormone, all the stuff that they're going on, I'd be like, honey, let's talk. But before you do that, before we do that, here's the boxing gloves, have at it, come back when you're ready to talk. 
And so that was a way for them to move that energy out of our body. And so as we can, I love working with little kids because in our session, we get to use our voices and some movement to move any energy that feels really intense. And little kids are so excited about that because they've never had permission to throw a temper tantrum. Oh. It's generally go for a timeout. That's what I used to tell my kids. No, you can't be like that. Yeah. And it's because, you know, we're trying to teach our children that you can't throw a temper tantrum in public when you're 15. It's not going to be socially accepted or healthy. And that is true. But if we can teach our kids how to move these emotions when they're feeling them, A, they're not going to have that same buildup of the trigger. You know, those buttons that get pushed. Well, those buttons are actually like a stack of little emotional repressions and suppressions that we haven't dealt with. And so when it gets so stacked, those bushings become easier and easier to push and more and more tender. And then we fly off the handle, we do all those things. So if we can teach our kids from young ages how to move those emotions, they're not gonna have as big as stacks. I like to be visual. So hopefully some of your listeners can get on board with my metaphor. <laughs> can visualize this. I bet they can. No, that makes, that. It makes a lot of sense. I think that we, even as adults, you feel that way. I mean, if you start off the morning and you get up in the morning and you stub your toe and then you run in the hot water's not working and then you go and your car won't start. I mean, it's, and then we, by, you know, mid afternoon and somebody says, you know, Hey, so-and-so, you know, want to go outside? You could just, no, I don't want, you know, you could just fly off the handle at the dumbest little thing. So it makes total sense that over a lifetime, you would have all of these emotional repressions that would stack up because it can, you can see how it can happen in just a day. I mean, sometimes it happens in just an hour and it can happen. And the cool thing is that you become more aware. I still have those things happen. I still have people piss me off. I still have my little buttons pushed. Yesterday, my cat was driving me nuts. She was going around all day yelling and I put her out and she'd be yelling. I'd bring her in. She'd yell. I'd give her food. She'd yell. I'd give her what? I mean, I, I was like, I don't know what to do with you, cat. And I was just like, <laughs> and I did my breath work and I did some energy work around and released some. And then my husband called me last night. He's out of town. And he was trying to make some, and it was just really irritating me. And I had to say, you know what? I'm really testy right now. The cat has really been getting on my nerves all day. So, you know, your jokes just are not hitting the They're mark. They're not landing. <laughs> They're not landing. It's got nothing to do with you, but I'm just giving you the framework of like, you know, I'm a little frazzled. So maybe um, just let me sleep it off and finish processing whatever needs to process. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back and I'll be awesome in the morning and ready for your, your dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, I so appreciate what you're saying about, you know, expressing it, letting it go through the body and really kind of feeling where it is. What would you say to people who have a hard time accessing where they feel it in their body? If they just really can't locate it, if they're just so maybe head heavy and just kind of disembodied, what would be a good first step for someone like that? Who the breath probably is stuck pretty high and they just really can't maybe access the feeling through breath at the current moment. What, how do you start? You start always with your breath. You start just becoming aware of what you can become aware of. So tuning in, noticing your breath flowing in through your nostrils or in through your mouth, whatever way you want to breathe in the very beginning don't have to follow a particular protocol. If you just want to start to tune into your body, feel the breath coming in. Maybe it comes in through your nostrils. Maybe it comes in through your mouth and just track it as much as you can. 
okay, is it going in, feeling it going into my lungs? Is my belly rising on the inhale? Is my chest moving? And just really start to notice and practice there and stay with that maybe for a week, doing that for four or five minutes every day for a week. Because what's going on in your body is kind of like a little voice. It's like a little whisper. And so if you've ever listened to anybody that's heavily accented, let's say, and it might take in the beginning, you're like, what the heck are they saying? I have no idea what they're saying. But then over time, you kind of dial in, you kind of, the more you hear it, mm -hmm. the more you can tune in. Or maybe if you're learning a new language, the first time you hear it, you know, somebody speak a few sentences, you catch one word mm -hmm. and then you immerse yourself more and more. And then you start catching three or four words and then 10 words. And then suddenly you can get the whole sentence. So it's like that. So we just have to dial in basically. And so dial in with your breath and then start to notice those big emotions. So let's say you have, um, you know, a moment where you're really charged, just notice, or even if you can't notice in the moment, if you don't have the presence of mind later on that day, review it and go, what did I feel? Was I hot? Was I cold? Mm. Just kind of get the macro. We don't have to go into the very specifics of it. it was in my solar plexus a little bit to the right. <laughs> Tune in. Was it, did I feel hot? Did I feel cold? Did I feel? That's good. Did I feel heavy? Did I feel light? And also focus on the joyous emotions. Maybe recall a time when you had a really fun day or when you had a big belly laugh. Where did that belly laugh start for you? Does it start down near your pubic bone? Does it start like more like your belly button? Does it start in the solar plexus area, which is right below the sternum? So just notice the both ends of the spectrum. And as you start to tune more into it, then you'll start to notice the more subtleties of it. Oh, you know what? That really is in my, in my neck. It's on the left side of my neck. It's on the right side of my shoulder. Because just like we hold on to stress, mostly in our neck and shoulders, that's where most people commonly feel it, we hold on to everything. Loneliness, grief, depression, it's all in there, the anger. And so when we can tune into where we're feeling it, that's really, really powerful. And then to breathe into it, and there's all sorts of exercises that we can dive into to help move this. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think that's an easy way for people to access it by saying, does it feel hot? Does it feel cold? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel light? I think those are very accessible, easy ways for people to start to dial into body work. Oh man, I, we are flying through time here. I feel like there's so many other things. I have like five pages of notes here that I took one of questions I wanted to ask you because this has been such a rich conversation. Tell us where people can find you. I know you do offer something weekly that people can, can join in on if they're curious and want to see more of you. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I offer a lot of online programs. I do an online breathwork class every Tuesday morning. That's at 10 a.m. Pacific. You can find information about that on my website at marysbluedoor.com. And that's spelled just like it sounds. You can also find me on Instagram at the handle marysbluedoor.com. I also have all of my events on Eventbrite. That's a very familiar platform to a lot of people. So you can just search Mary's Blue Door and you'll find some of my offerings. I also offer a free guided meditation every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific. And 
that's just something I do as a ministry. I, I love just connecting with people and getting our week off to a very grounded start with our breath. I just guide you in with your breath into your body and weave all the intentions that people bring into that meditation. For those of you that are local here in Southern California, I offer in-person group classes as well. I also offer weekend programs and one day workshops, and that's available to anybody all over the country. So you can fly in for those. My next one is going to be April 29th through May 1st. And that's gonna be a deep dive into breath work. And I love those weekend programs because you just get to collapse so many timeframes. When you can do five deep breath work sessions over two and a half days, your mind does not have time to come in and tell you, no, this isn't working. This is your imagination. It's only because of X. No, your mind doesn't do any of that. And so you get to you get to process through so much stuff so quickly. And I also, of course, offer one-on-one -on -one clients with my or one-on-one -on -one sessions with all of my clients. And I do that both virtually and in person. And yeah, that's uh, that's what I have to offer. If any of your listeners would like to dive a little bit more into what's going on with their breath, because I kind of shared that how we breathe represents how we show up in our life and how we can shift that breathing to maybe change how we show up in our life so we can let go of those core boundaries or we can let go of that perfectionism. So I do offer free evaluations of that, free assessments. So you can just go to my website and I believe it's under the Connect with Mary and that's just a free 20, 30 minute um, time that we have together and I get to um, kind of connect with you and tell you what I see and evaluate maybe what things you can do um, with your breathing in order to start to shift those. Oh, that's really nice. I love the idea of the Monday meditation as a way to start off the week, just grounding in. That's lovely. So that's beautiful that you offer that for free. And certainly the consultation is fantastic because I think for a lot of people, especially listeners of this show, there are so many different things that you could explore. I use the word things very generically here, but different practices that you can explore and try to take on and see if it helps you. And I've had people say to me, how do I know where to start? How do I know what to do? There are so many different options out there. So I think it's great that you offer that consultation for people to come and experience and for you to say, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think would be helpful. And they can feel, does that resonate? Does that sound like something that's accurate for what I'm holding? And does it sound like something that would benefit me or work in my life? So that's a really wonderful, wonderful option. So thank you. Yeah. And I, and I want to reassure your listeners that I'm very genuine in that. Not, not everybody wants to work with me and I don't, Full, full disclosure, I don't want to work with everybody neither because there has to be that resonance. And yeah. I do always trust that there is the perfect facilitator. There is the perfect modality. I do not believe in the silver bullet. I, I, I love this breath work and it supports me, you know, 100%. But there's also other modalities that I bring in when I'm working with somebody. I call it the Mary sauce. You know, all the other little things that we need to to really maximize our time together. And so I really want to honor for all of your listeners that if you do decide to check it out and get a try one of those free sessions, it is not a high pressure sales. It is like, if you wanna move forward, I am here for you. I am gonna give you some tips that you can walk away with after that 30 minutes that I hope you will take if I never see you again. And of course, for those of you that will want to work and do more work with me or somebody else, you're going to get exactly what you need. There are no mistakes. 
the right people always show up. The right teacher shows up for the student and the right student shows up for the teacher. So uh, I, I truly honor and respect that. And I want your listeners to be reassured. It will not, there is, there's never any pressure. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm right there with you. I think everyone connects the way that they're supposed to, just like we did, which is so fantastic. The fact that you were just searching for a personal growth development podcast and somehow mine came up in your feed and and that's how we ended up connecting. I'm so grateful for that. And before I let you go, I have to know, because I'm so curious, why Mary's Blue Door? Mary's Blue Door. So that actually came in a dream years ago. I had this dream that I was in Pompeii before the time of the volcano and I was a healer and people would find me by coming to my blue door. I was the lady with the blue door. So when I created Mary's blue door back in 2017, I was trying to come up with a name. So I woke up one morning and boom, Mary's blue door was the inspiration I got. And so my business became Mary's Blue Door. I painted my front door blue. And the energy of Mary's Blue Door is really bringing in the energy of the Divine Mother, that Divine Feminine. And I am in the process of rebranding. And so some things are going to be changing, including the name of my business. It's shifting frequency a little bit. So the name is going to change. So if your listeners are listening to this six months from now and they go to Mary's Blue Door and it's a different website, rest assured you're in, this, in the right place. You can always go to find it, go to About Me and you will be able to confirm that this is Mary from Blarney. You'll see my picture. Um, but I just want to make that make you aware because we're right in the middle of that process and I'll be pulling the pulling the trigger on that here in the next month or two. Oh, very good. I'm so glad I asked because I was curious about it. And that is a very fascinating story. And I have like a million more questions I could ask you about that or that we could even just talk about it because I think dreams are completely fascinating and tell us a lot. So I love that you took the step and named your company uh, based off of what you saw in that dream. And I can't wait to see where your branding is going next and to stay in touch. This has been a really fantastic conversation. I'm so glad that we've connected and I hope that we stay connected. And thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much, Becky. It was a pleasure. I love your podcast. I love your energy. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And I look forward to definitely staying in touch. I would love to hear what you thought of today's show. Did you get something valuable from it? If you did, don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends and family. I want everyone to unleash their soul song because the world needs all our beautiful music. I'd also really appreciate if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate, and review. You may not realize it, but that's the best way to help other people find the show. I hope you'll come visit with me at theintuneexperience.com. While you're there, download your free workbook on uncovering and defining your core values so that you can take the next steps on your journey with confidence and clarity. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram at Unleash Your Soul Song. Listen, this world is busy. Our days are really full and life is super distracting. We're pulled in so many different directions every day. And so I thank you for joining me here today. Have a great week. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door name. Down the street, born a chain, born a chain.
Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and the songwriting experiences we offer for individuals and corporations, please visit www.thefour26.com. That's www.thefour26.com.